It's time for JT the Brick. Just win, baby. The countdown to Canton is on. Got a Super Bowl ring as a player and as a coach. And I mean, just what the impact he had on the game. Uh, I agree with you. He should have a bust in Canton. Tom Flores. We know what has to be done, and we know how to do it. Charles Woodson. Intercepted by a flying Charles Woodson again! As these Raiders are inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, we honor them on Raider Nation Radio. Silver and black means a lifetime. A lifetime of uh, excitement and joy. Overall, it was a great journey. The countdown to Canton is on. Here's your host, JT the Brick. All right, JT with you on a monumental day in the history of Vegas Sports Talk Radio. And even though Raiders officially open up training camp today, the breaking news is Marc-Andre Fleury, the face of the franchise, the Vesna Trophy winner, the goaltender for the Vegas Golden Knights, has been traded to the Chicago Blackhawks. And I think the city is stunned, stunned. And either way, it's one of the more important topics in the history of Las Vegas professional sports. Vegas, the Golden Knights got here first. He's the franchise player. He led the team to the Stanley Cup, led him multiple times deep into the playoffs. You know what I've said from day one. Get this guy a statue out front of T-Mobile. He won the Vesna Trophy this year as the best goalie, and I can't believe it. I mean, it's not completely shocking. Fleury's on the back end of his career age-wise, and he cost a lot of money, and the, and the Golden Knights went out and got another goaltender in Robin Leonard who clearly is their number one choice going forward. But Marc-Andre Fleury today abruptly being let go for a trade and salary cap purposes. Will he retire if he doesn't want to go there? What will happen? We're all kind of taking this in. And again, before I came over to Raider Nation Radio, I was on at this time on the flagship of the Vegas Golden Knights, and we did a lot of hockey, and we're going to do a lot of hockey today or at least try to get the phones going and try to get people to talk about this topic because it's massive. It's a moment in Vegas history. Remember where you are when Marc-Andre Fleury was traded. We don't have pro sports in this town. We have a legendary reputation, and we've had great moments with the UNLV running Rebels in a national championship, great boxing, UFC, historic moments here. But when it came to pro sports in this town, And for the first big pro team to be here, the Vegas Golden Knights, and Marc-Andre Fleury was the face of the franchise. What a leader. What a player. What a great human being off the ice and great player on the ice. Fleury is contemplating his future after his agent, Alan Walsh, said the three-time Stanley Cup winning goaltender was caught off guard by the trade. Quote, While Marc-Andre Fleury still hasn't heard from anybody with Vegas, he has apparently been traded to Chicago. He said that on Twitter before the trade was made official. Marc-Andre will take some time to discuss the situation with his family and serious evaluate his hockey future at this time. Sources had said there was chatter that Fleury might retire if he was traded from Vegas. This is from Emily Kaplan from ESPN, who covers the NHL. This organization, this city, and this fan base will forever be grateful to Marc-Andre Fleury for his impact and what he made on and off the ice in just four years. The Golden Knights posted on Twitter, we wish Marc-Andre and his family the best in this new chapter in their lives. 
So the Vegas Golden Knights put out a tweet. Thank you, Flurry. And a 17-year NHL veteran won his first Vesna Trophy this year with Vegas. He went 26-10-0 with the career-best 9.28 save percentage and a 1.98 goals against average as the Golden Knights had the league's second-best record in the regular season. So as it says in Emily's column, the opportunity to acquire a Vesna-winning goalie is rare and one you can't pass up. Blackhawks president and general manager Stan Bowman said in a statement, Mark Andre improves our goaltending, strengthens our team's defense, and will have a huge impact on the overall development of the Blackhawks. So I just wanted to get your reaction to this at 702-365-9200. This is going to have a big impact on this brand, this team, this fan base, and this city. Because when this team was launched, they got a lot of heat from the national media for being a fan base that didn't know a lot about hockey. You know, this isn't a hockey town. What do you know about hockey here? And Marc-Andre Fleury came here, and after one October and the tragedy that happened here in Vegas, along with several players, including Derek England on that team, were front and center in the city when the city needed to heal and wanted to heal and needed something as a distraction from the horrific shooting that happened across the street from the Mandalay Bay. Marc-Andre Fleury was very active in this community and did a lot, and then he played lights out on the ice. This year, did he give up a couple of weird goals in the playoffs? Sure. Absolutely. There were a couple of mistakes along the way, but they were able to rebound, and what a disappointment, as I tweeted out about an hour ago, that this team did not win the Stanley Cup with Marc-Andre Fleury. It would have been the perfect ending to his career, let alone his time in Vegas, and they came up short to Montreal, and Montreal got beat by Tampa Bay. But for me, uh, this is about two things. One, it's about a great human being and a great player in Marc-Andre Fleury, who did a lot for this community. And secondly, it really is about your reaction and getting the city up to speed with the Raiders and the Golden Knights on reacting to sports talk radio. This town does not have a great history of local sports talk radio. Most of it's national. If you go up and down the dial, and there are national radio hosts today that aren't even mentioning this story, will not even mention it, won't talk about it, don't know hockey, don't know Flory, it won't get on their show. I do a national show at night, but I do this local show here so we can plug in and use the resources we have to get involved with local sports and talk about the teams here. And this, to me, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Sure, I sit in the press box from time to time. I love this team. I gave up my team of the youth, the Islanders, because this was a fresh start and it was easy to do. As I said, cutting the cord and being a fan. It's really important to me, and I hope you get this, because I didn't grow up a Raider fan. And I've been coming with the Raiders for 23 years, and now I've evolved with the Raiders and my role with the Raiders and want them to win more than anything. But my DNA did not start with the Raiders. My DNA started with Vegas and the Golden Knights when they started here because it was one of the great experiences of my life as a sports fan. And we had that experience here in Vegas to cut the cord, not have two teams, not have three teams, not have a team that you grew up with, but to say, and I did it on the radio, I said, I'm going to be a Vegas Golden Knight fan for one reason. They're an inaugural expansion team. If this team moved from another market and came here, kind of like what's going to happen, I think, in the NBA. If the Minnesota Timberwolves move here or the New Orleans 
team moves here. If we end up seeing New Orleans move here, the Pelicans, you know, I'll, I'll root for them. They'll be here in Vegas, but I'm a Knicks fan. When the Vegas Golden Knights were born, it was so easy for me to look at my wife and kids and go, this is our team. My wife didn't grow up with, with hockey. She's a diehard fan. And we were all locked into Marc-Andre Fleury. Love the way he played. Love all the great moments. Just think of all the great moments over the last four years that we've all had as a community in this town. As a community in this town because of Marc-Andre Fleury. Getting donuts after a shutout. Watching the news at night, the late local news, and seeing an incredible, an incredible save by Marc-Andre. And then the next day, going out with your buddies and going to a sports bar, going to PT's. Monologue brought to you by PT's, proud partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. And ordering a beer and talking to your friend and saying, how about that game Flurry had last night? Can't wait to see him play again. That's what all ties us together. That's what needs to tie us together with the Raiders and Derek Carr and Gruden and to get this team to the playoffs and the community to get behind this team so they can win a Super Bowl eventually. But, man, this is a gut punch. This one hurts because I really enjoy Flurry and really enjoy what he did for this city, and he deserves a proper goodbye. I was supposed to be today. I was thinking about doing the show from the Raiders. I didn't know this was coming. But tomorrow is the first day of practice, and I'm going to be hosting the show from the Raiders tomorrow. And when I got this news today, I just couldn't believe it. My phone was blowing up with all my buddies. And now a lot of people want to throw stones, and they want to, you know, be mad at the Vegas Golden Knights. I tweeted this out earlier, too. Bill Foley, since he's become the owner of this team, has done everything to win. From the expansion, the initial inaugural draft, to signing free agents, expensive free agents, making trades and doing whatever it takes to get this team to the promised land, winning the Stanley Cup. Bill Foley is completely committed for this franchise to win. So much so that good players are going to come and go, and they're looking to get better players, bringing in Pacioretty and Stone, uh, getting trading Nate Schmidt, trading Marc-Andre Fleury. This is a business, and it hurts. And a lot of us are invested in Marc-Andre Fleury, and Fleury is gone. Fleury, who's in the final year of his contract that pays him $7 million annually, immediately will come, become the number one goalie for the Blackhawks. Now, if he retires, the Blackhawks in Vegas, no one will be on the hook here, and maybe he wants to do that. It's going to be a very tough decision for Marc-Andre Fleury, his wife, and their family coming up here because his legacy is winning three Stanley Cups and what he did with Pittsburgh. But he's got a very important legacy in Vegas where he helped launch a team that became a really passionate team in the NHL. Vegas is very successful in the NHL with the All-Star game coming and all the events surrounding this. Vegas is a hockey town. And Marc-Andre Fleury helped Vegas get there sooner than later. I think it was a mistake to not build them a statue. Those who said, JT, why build them a statue? He didn't win the cup yet. It wasn't about that. It was about what he did in the community after 1 October, and he's the face of the franchise. I knew that Flurry eventually wasn't going to be here. The day they went out and got Robin Leonard to be his backup was the beginning of the talk of Marc-Andre Flurry leaving. But the point is there should be a statue of him making an iconic stay, a save in front of T-Mobile Arena where everybody can meet and take a picture or a selfie before the game. He deserves it. He deserves it. And I want to be there on that plaza when it happens. 
Marc-Andre Fleury, thank you for four epic years in Vegas. You played unbelievably great. You go out going deep into the playoffs as the reigning Vesna Trophy winner. Never showed up in the police blotter. Never did anything wrong. Was always accommodating with his time and his charity work. The kids in this town love him. There are kids now in this town playing hockey and uh, want to become goalies because of Mark andre Fleury. The guy deserves your ultimate respect today. That's the type of radio show I do. Okay, I'm able to pivot today and do a lot with Flurry. We're going to cover John Gruden's press conference, which is coming up at 1245. We'll take that feed live over in Henderson. And we have a couple of guests lined up, including Linda Cohn from SportsCenter ESPN, who covers hockey for a living. And she got right back to me, and she wants to come on and talk about the legacy of Marc-Andre Fleury. What do you believe is his legacy in Vegas all time? You know, a lot of people are building a legacy in Vegas, including Dana White with UFC. You know, you look at the history of the UNLV running Rebels falling on tough times with basketball and football. Kevin Kruger comes in. You, you try to improve the basketball team. There's a lot of changes. Marcus Arroyo trying to recruit. He is recruiting better to get the UNLV program going. Don Logan and the great job the Aviators have done by building a brand-new ballpark, the Las Vegas ballpark, and having people come together in a state-of-the-art baseball stadium. Mark Davis, his brand-new legacy, bringing the Raiders to Vegas and building a state-of-the-art stadium, which is huge. But when it comes to the Vegas Golden Knights, the first thing I think of, other than the owner, Bill Foley, is Marc-Andre Fleury. And he deserves some type of send-off today as football season and training camp is starting. And I'd like to hear from some Vegas Golden Knight fans or just hockey fans from around the country who can put in perspective what happened today. What is his legacy? And how are you feeling about this? Are you pissed off? Because I think it was worth keeping him. Now, you can't keep two goaltenders at this price. It hurts because they're up against the cap. They... Alec Martinez re-signing him, getting better players. I think they got to improve. And because the offense went to sleep, the offense went to sleep when it mattered most against Montreal, Vegas was bounced from the playoffs by an inferior team. They would have had home ice in the Stanley Cup, and Mark uh, andre Fleury could have retired, winning the Vesna Trophy and the Stanley Cup. And Vegas having a parade here in town, and it didn't happen because the offense fell asleep. The guys who got paid to score goals, many of them disappeared. And Marc-Andre Fleury, who did give up a bad goal or two deep in the playoffs, still had an incredible year. I mean, all you have to do is say Vesna Trophy, he got it. So surprise me today. Let's take the show to where it needs to be. We got a lot of Raiders coverage today, but I want to hear about Marc-Andre Fleury because it's a sad day. I think it's really sad. The guy was great for this city. He was fantastic. He was the reason everybody came down to the Strip, parked early, went and got a beer, got in the building, saw the epic opening, and Marc-Andre Fleury led the Vegas Golden Knights onto the ice and won a lot more than he lost. Thank you, Fleury for everything you've done to Vegas. You've made this a hockey town. You've made everybody better. And I believe he is going to be a legacy player in this town for decades to come. 702-365-9200. Let's hear about this. This is breaking news in Vegas, and it's a big-time story. 
Alfred in Vegas. Start us off. How you doing, Al? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Thank you. You're on the radio, buddy. Go ahead. So, so I just feel like Vegas did Flurry really, really dirty. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember watching the, the expansion drafts in, in 2017, and nobody was really getting excited about all the players that Vegas was drafting. Most of them were coming off of teams that are not that great. And then here you draft Marc-Andre Fleury, and the crowd is going crazy. Everybody knows him. He's loved by the whole hockey world. And you're Vegas, and you're getting one of the best goaltenders in the National Hockey League. I know Marc-Andre Fleury's career has been up and down. He's had some great moments, had some not great moments, especially in these playoffs. You see that bad goal to uh, Montreal in game number three. three. But you can't base it off of that. Marc-Andre Fleury has done so much for Vegas. He's the reason, one of the main reasons why they got to the cup final in year number one, why they sold out the tickets in year number one, why they beat all of those teams that they did in year one because Vegas nobody was expecting them to really be competitive in in year one but Mark andre Fleury is what brought this team together and I yep. think moving on from him is a big mistake because now you're stuck with Robin Letter and then nobody and and well I don't you, know you can't to... but then again let's let's put this in perspective they have two really expensive goalies they weren't going to be able to upgrade the team paying both of these goalies. They just couldn't do it. They could not pay both of these goalies, including $7 million for Flurry and Leonard's contract, and then go out and get another forward or get a free agent. Petrangelo co- cost a boatload of money. So does Stone. There's a lot of expensive players on this team. And I've always given Vegas a lot of credit for the way they've handled the cap, the way they've been able to upgrade this team and bring in better players. This was yeah. just purely a business decision. Because they want to get better, and there's a lot of money going into Flurry. I mean, emotionally, it's tough to say, but I think you got to give this team that hasn't let you down yet and gives you a yeah. better product every single year a chance to get better here in the off season. Yeah, and two, I think about it. You're in a in a division where there's not going to be that many great teams. Edmonton maybe is going to be up there. Right. Uh, Seattle is coming in as a brand new team. You don't know how they're going to play. The division is just is is still gonna be is still gonna be Vegas's division, I think. And, yeah. and from from that perspective, I look at it, Flurry, I don't even think he's gonna play for the Blackhawks. I think no, he's gonna that, end up retiring. Yeah, let me jump in. I appreciate the call. Thanks for starting it off. That opens up a line. We should have nine lines on hold. Show started twenty minutes ago. Mark Andre Fleury was traded. Let's get going. Let's wake up the station, which is my job to do, middle of the day. Mark Andre Fleury just got traded. Seven oh two three six five ninety two hundred. I'm not going to be super critical. The only thing I'll be critical about the Golden Knights is if they didn't let him know when he found out about it on Twitter. Because Fleury's agent from time to time goes way out there. So I'm going to wait for that, and it's starting to come through that Flurry might have found out about it via social media. If that's the case, the Golden Knights are going to take a PR hit from that. There's no doubt they're going to take a PR hit from that if that's the case. But if they got rid of Marc-Andre Flurry and traded him at the very end of his career because they want to get better and they have a plan in place, this team has been fabulous with their plan in place. 
This team has gotten better. Their roster has gotten better every year. So this is more personal to me because I like Flurry a lot. I like him a lot. It would just be like any team. If you traded Derek Jeter, if you traded a great player at the end of his career, you'd take it personally. But this team has been very successful as an inaugural expansion team. And this is really the first gut punch other than a game. Other than a game, when Nate Schmidt was traded, I know a lot of people were upset about it in this town. Really upset about it. But here, Marc-Andre Fleury, there's no way I stop a radio show and do a radio show on an individual player if it's not a Raider on Raider Nation Radio. I do this because the Raider organization, Mark Davis, Mark Davis sat for two periods of every three periods behind Marc-Andre Fleury. How many times you see Mark Davis right behind the goal when Fleury makes a great save? This is the way in this town we take the high road when something like this happens. I mean, this guy's a legend. He's a Hall of Famer. He just got traded today. And everybody in this town is just try- kind of coming to grips with it. Paul's in Vegas. What's going on, Paul? Thanks for waiting. You're up. JT, um, former 206 Night Rider checking in. Hey, man, um, I'm upset and I, and, uh, about this, about them trading him. I mean, he's made such an impact in the community. And I think what most folks don't realize is that we were a collection of fans from around the country, right? We would go to our favorite sports bar, watch our favorite team. This was the first time we got together to celebrate in my 15 years living here in Vegas to root behind one team and cast off our alliances to other teams. Yeah, I agree. He brought the community together. It's really the ultimate compliment, isn't it? When Marc-Andre Fleury was playing in goal, the whole city knew about it hours before the game. We all got into it. They'd win the game. The team was a great team, regular season great team, going to the playoffs, and Fleury was the ride-or-die guy on this team. If Fleury isn't playing well, you didn't think Vegas had a chance when he was playing well. You thought that this brand-new team could win the Stanley Cup, maybe multiple Stanley Cups. And that's crazy. I, I loved it. I mean, I love the Knights. I love Mark Andre. I, I love his community service work. I've had the pleasure to meet him twice, and he was mm-hmm. so accommodating with his time to me and my family. Um, he'll be missed. Um, go Knights. Yeah, thank you. That's all I wanted to do today. When someone, When someone is missed... When someone is missed, you thank them. That's all you do. I've been doing this 25 years. I've done shows like this. When someone gets traded or someone retires, you thank them. And then if you want to get all triggered and talk about the owner and the GM and how do you get the news and what are they going to do, is the team going to be better, this is a dividing point for this franchise going forward. Because every fan here, if this team doesn't get better and this team, you know, eventually this team's going to have a, a time when they don't go to the playoffs. We have been very spoiled here, very spoiled. And we've been spoiled because of Bill Foley, because Bill Foley's gone out and, and given this city all these great players. He could have said, hey, man, we're going to be an expansion team for two or three years. This year or next year could have been the first year where the Golden Knights found their legs and said, yeah, we're going to make the playoffs and you know maybe have a chance to win in the first round. And this team goes deep into the playoffs. When this team loses – Everybody's devastated because they think they should have won the Stanley Cup. This team should have won the Stanley Cup this year. They were the best team in hockey. Even though Colorado had a regular season record, I thought with with two goalies who were elite, including the Vesna winner in Fleury, and all the assets they had on offense, all the scorers, some of the really good defensemen that they had, 
This team was the best team in hockey. Now I don't know if they're the best team in hockey because Flurry, either as a backup or a starter, gives this team a tremendous advantage to win in the regular season, which sets up the seeding of the team and how deep they're going to go into the playoffs. This is a really big deal. Uh, let's go to Alex in Vegas. Thanks for holding up on a big day, Alex. Go ahead. Hey, thank you, man. No, I just wanted to say I totally agree. The, the man deserves his statue in front of the thing. He he built the franchise. Um, you talk about cutting the cord from your childhood team. I was a Penguins fan. The last time I rooted for a team that didn't have Flurry as their starting goalie is because Flurry wasn't in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's it's devastating to see a guy who did such you know, stand-up stuff go out like this. Um, you know, no no warning, no nothing like that. He, he well, that isn't their job. Hold on, hold on again. Again, we knew that Flurry was on the trade blocks when Leonard was brought in. It is not oh, the job. It's not the job of the executives to warn every fan 24 hours before a trade. The only thing that we have to wait and see is did they do the right thing by letting Flurry and his wife know about it before the trade? I don't know if that information from Alan Walsh is accurate or not, but his agent is saying, you know, he said three hours ago Flurry still hasn't heard from anybody with Vegas, but apparently he's been traded. So Alan Walsh is pissed off about this. There's a lot of Vegas fans that are really pissed off about it, but it's a business transaction. I, I get the business aspect. I'm just saying a man who's given you, you know, what Flurry gave us, deserves you know the same in return that's all i'm saying yeah. so if it does turn out to be true that's dirty dealing but yeah i mean of course it's hockey it's a business you know what i mean you gotta do that it's just it's like i say i mean the man deserves a statue um and he deserves the proper send-off yeah and that's what we're trying to do in a big way we're trying to do this in a big way and uh i'm going to carry john gruden we're going to carry john gruden's press conference live but we're ho- we host a sports talk show in Vegas. So if anybody doesn't understand this, too bad. This is what I do. I do a sports talk show, and this is breaking news in Vegas, and this is bigger than anything. There's no Raider practice today. Nothing happened. No one got hurt. No one got hurt. No one got injured. No one got traded today. We're thanking Mark andre Fleury for everything that he did. And that's it. When we come back, we'll get into John Gruden's press conference, and we'll take your phone calls on Mark andre Fleury. Linda Cohen will join us. Next hour, uh, we'll start to get into the depth chart. I had a great call with Tom Flores today. I'll tell you what I can with that on the other side. We're brought to you by Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. Remy Martin is trying to raise your cocktail game, and they're doing an amazing job throughout the city of Vegas and all over the world. Remy Martin, proud partner of our show on Raider Nation Radio. Try to dump it in, blocked by Malkin, and he'll chip it ahead up the right wing side, connects to Kessel, two on one. Kessel right circle, feeds the middle, backhand, glove stop, Flurry! Oh my! Vintage Marc-Andre Flurry! Marc-Andre Flurry was traded today to the Blackhawks. Vegas put it out on their social media. JT, and we're covering the Raiders' opening of training camp. I'll be out there all day tomorrow and Thursday looking forward to that, there's big news on Simone Biles, who withdrew from the team final competition with her teammates 
I'll get into that a little bit later on next hour. And Aaron Rodgers has returned to Green Bay. I said that's pretty much a radio show any day of the week here. I thought I want to Vic Tafer did a great job for the athletic. You should be reading Vic if you're a Raider fan. Wrote a column on Derek Carr on his optimism entering year eight and his approach to the vaccine. And there were a lot of good nuggets in this column, which I think are really important to talk about today. Uh, Derek talked about where he said to Vic Tafer, we finally have, in my opinion, pieces everywhere that could, we could really go do some real damage. As, we're, long as, we're do the, as long as we're doing the right thing at practice, I am really looking forward to seeing all of this come together. Uh, Vic asked him if this was the best roster he's seen in eight years. Derek Carr said, quote, I'll say it this way, it's definitely the best roster we've had in a while. It's hard to beat the 2016 team because we felt we are on our way to beating New England and Foxborough. That's just how it felt. And we had similar feelings and hopes to do those things now. He talked about the biggest addition of the offseason and what really excites him. And Derek went on to say, it really excited me for Max Crosby getting Yannick Ngakwe. I know the type of player Yannick is. He is the only guy I have compared to the twitchiness of Von Miller. And Von Miller's in an all-world-class Hall of Fame class. And Vic asked, you know, Vic. then Vic got to a lot of important things. He said, the view from the outside is that you're playing for a new contract this season. Carr has two years and $39 million left on a five-year, $125 million deal. How much are you thinking about it? And Derek said, not at all. I know that Coach John Gruden, Mike Mayock, and my agent have talked about those things, and they have a plan. Obviously, I don't share anything like that. And as I told my agent, honestly, whether it's now or next year or whenever they want to do it, I really don't care. I want to win the Super Bowl. So we hear more and more about Derek's focus as this contract is still out in the air. And then he talked about the vaccine and the fans, and I'll send everybody to the athletic here to take a look at what's happening here. So this is a big deal. It's an important deal. It's a really good column by Vic. And now the eighth year of training camp opens for Derek Carr, who when Derek Carr was drafted to come here and he started off 0-10, this has been Derek's team. He had a close-to-MVP season in 2016 with the Raiders. You know, other than the Carr injury, you can't, you can't signify how important that year was. That year was massive, but Derek got hurt. Now Derek's completely healthy. He's in his fourth year in the Gruden system. He's got all the weapons you could need and imagine. He's got several weapons in the backfield, including Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake. He's got one of the fastest players in the entire league in Henry Ruggs the third, who can get open and has to play well this year. Brian Edwards, to me, looks like a young Des Bryant. His size and strength are incredible. And then Darren Waller. Uh, Darren Waller, who's going to be right there with Kittle and no doubt Kelsey for the next couple of years is arguably the best athletic tight end in all of football. So with all of that happening at this time, a lot of the focus is going to be on the defensive side. And Derek is going to have to stay focused on developing this offensive line. This offensive line is new. It's young. But in the NFL, we have to stop saying the team is young. 
you want a young team. Young players are young and they're healthy and they're athletic. And you want to have young players who can come in and be really good. And that's what the Raiders are counting on now. That Colton Miller. And Colton Miller showed up today in my Facebook memories. Three years ago today, I met Colton Miller on the field in Napa and took a picture and he looks completely different now. He looked how baby in the picture we took and now he looks like a grown-ass man who has the opportunity to be a hell of a player in this league. Alex Leatherwood comes in at right tackle, a young player who's got to have a big burst and has to play at a high level. And then Andre James at center from what everybody's talking about, Tom Cable's confident that he can make that transition to backing up Rodney Hudson to being a very good center in this league. And then we're going to see what John Simpson can do. Can John Simpson challenge for the right guard position? I think he can. And Richie Incognito, I just hope he stays healthy. But Derek Carr is going to count on this offensive line to keep him out upright and protect him. And I'm excited about this offensive line because Trent Brown was a bust. He was a bust with the Raiders. He stole money. Gabe Jackson was a very good player. I thought his best years were behind him. He wasn't playing at the level. He played it two years ago, but he was a good player. And then when it came to Rodney, I only have great things to say about Rodney. Rodney was a brilliant player. But Rodney didn't want to be here at the end. He did not want to be with the Raiders at the end. He wanted to change a place. And now we're going to see if the Raiders have the centers and the ability to go back them up because Nick Martin is also going to compete with Andre James. So I wanted to mention the offense with Derek Carr and Vic Tafer's column that I thought was really good. We're going to cover John Gruden's press conference coming up here live, so stick around for that. Hopefully we'll be able to take some phone calls after that on what Gruden said. It's the quietest that I've heard Coach Gruden in the offseason. I know he went back to his home in Florida and was away a little bit, and he hasn't been talking much. He's really focused on getting this team quickly going. And then the elephant in the room for the Raiders and everybody else is the vaccination rates, and I think that that's going to happen. And the vaccination rates are going to be really good with the Raiders because Vegas and vaccination rates are important because of what's been happening in this community here. So interested to hear John Gruden speak coming up here, and we'll get into that. And we'll take your phone calls on the opening of training camp. And remember, we're looking for Tom Flores calls every day. Tom Flores is going into the Hall of Fame. We want to hear from Flores fans. Hey, have you been to Five Iron Golf yet? It's inside Area 15. A full bar, shuffleboard, brand new tabletops, top-of-the-line clubs. They have unbelievable fitting rooms. You can get new clubs, take lessons, and just hit golf balls and have a great time. Head on over to Five Iron Golf. Well, I'm not uh, at liberty to give any statistics on our vaccinations. I can speak for myself and the coaches. We've all had our vaccinations, and you know, I think uh, our players have bought in. I think we're as good as anybody in the league or better. We hope to have every man vaccinated, and most importantly, every man as safe as possible when the season starts. John Gruden, who's going to speak here any moment, will get you live to John Gruden's press conference. Turn it up. I just bought two Rolling Stone tickets on the Raiders pre-sale. And Bobby, you'll love this. My 18-year-old son had to go do it for me because we're on the radio live. We're talking about Marc-Andre Fleury. So I logged in, got, went to my email, and I said, uh, buy your mom and I two, 
and we have the account of pit tickets. He says, what happens if there are no pit tickets, Dad? I said, there'll be pit tickets. And, Bobby, I paid for the pit tickets. So if anybody wonders why I do more hours on radio than anyone in Vegas, it's because I have to pay for my Stones pit tickets coming up here on November 6th. But I got them in hand. I completely admire the fact that you are so dedicated that you went out and got the pit tickets. That's that's impressive. Yes, I did get the pit tickets. So when some troll comes after me and says, get off my lawn, or, or does something like that, I can say, well, as you're ripping on me on Twitter, I'm at the Stones in the third row. So uh, I try to live my best life, and that'll be fun. That's coming up. A lot of Raider fans who have PSLs, that's one of the luxuries. Other people wait. Other people want to buy and sell. Other people wait for StubHub. So we got that business taken care of. If you go to the Raiders on Instagram or on Twitter, they're putting up a lot of cool video of the players returning back. So today, players are showing up, they're getting physicals, they're checking in, they're getting ready for camp and practice tomorrow. So today is pretty much a housekeeping day over at the facility, and they're taking care of business, and everybody's checking in, reporting to camp today. So they'll be on the field tomorrow morning early. And I think this is going to be a tough camp by Gruden. I really do. Because whatever they were doing in the past, you know, last year was bizarre because of COVID. Last year was crazy. Because there were players getting COVID, coaches getting COVID, limited practices. It was just a tough time to be a football coach. Now there are COVID concerns around the NFL, but the Raiders seem to be ahead of it, as you just heard that soundbite. And with that soundbite, I think it's very important that the Raiders take care of business with COVID protocol, and there are no distractions. Last year, there were a bunch of distractions. Trent Brown was a bleeping distraction the entire year. The Richie Incognito injury was a big deal. There was just so many things that happened that were just a distraction because of COVID-19. COVID's still out there, but hopefully the Raiders have much better luck with it this year. And with the help of the vaccinations, that puts them in a much better position to be consistent on and off the field. And then when we get back to what we're going to see, we're going to hear from John Gruden momentarily. The Raiders just announced that he's going to be coming to the podium any moment here at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center in Henderson. I, I hope the camp is hard, and there's always a chance that there could be an injury or two. I hope that's not the case. Let's go out to Henderson. Here's the head coach of the Raiders, John Gruden. Um, everybody has reported, to my knowledge. Um, everybody has made their playing weight. We asked them to return in shape. It appears every man has done that. That's very exciting. And we're coming off a three-day rookie quarterback selected veterans camp that I was very, very pleased with. Uh, so we're excited to get going. I'll be happy to answer any questions that I can. Go ahead and speak up, guys. Yep. Hey, John. Uh, Tashawn Reed from The Athletic. Uh, you've had four draft classes uh, since you made your return to the franchise. Just as a coach, how do you balance you know, being patient with guys and allowing the time to develop and also kind of pushing them to make an immediate impact? Well, we ask these guys to uh, be ready to go from the time they step in here. And a lot of them have done that. Colt Miller's done a great job. We've had a lot of rookies come in here and start. We're still waiting, I think, to uh, get the dividends from some of these guys. But it's been a challenge without an off-season program. I don't think the story's written on some of these guys yet. But to answer your question, um, we're demanding of our rookies. Uh, just because you get drafted in the first round or any round doesn't mean you're going to make the team or be a great player. There's no um, 
There's no guarantees in this league, as you know, but um, we're pleased with our young people from the last few draft classes, and we're confident that they'll prove that this fall. Well, I hope not. We, um, you know, I've never really given statistics on COVID vaccinations, but I would say that we have every man vaccinated on the staff. I could also say that I believe we have every man vaccinated on the team with the exception of about four or five guys. So we're proud of that. We're excited about that. We're also respectful of everybody's personal opinion. So we have to weigh that as well. But, um, when it comes to vaccinations, we think most of our, our people have been just that, vaccinated. John Lima with the Raiders.com. Yesterday, Darren Waller made some comments about Alex Leatherwood as well as Andre James. Has those two players in your regards uh, met your expectations or exceeded your expectations so far this offseason? Well, we haven't put a pad on yet, so I'm not going to say too much. It's been a big topic, our offensive line. Never want to lose good players. Never want to lose good players at any position, but we did. We lost some good players. And uh, the salary cap went down this year for the first time, I believe, ever. Uh, there were some financial decisions that we had to make. Uh, we feel like we've got some emerging players, Andre James being one of them. Colton Miller, we felt we had to get extended. You see some of these young left tackles, what they've extended their contracts for. It's astonishing. It's big money. And we love Leatherwood. Uh, we loved him at Alabama. He's off to a great start, and um, he's got to back it up, and we're going to try to help him. I have no, no doubt about him as a football player. Well, we hired a guy, Tim Harkins, who's uh, one of the very best at understanding the virus, and that's what he does on a daily basis. Uh, he provides information. He gives us reminders. He keeps us on the cutting edge of what's going on out there. Um, but, yeah, we, uh, we basically remodeled our facility last year to keep our social distancing. We learned the hard way. I got fined. Um, the Raiders got fined. Uh, wasn't easy, but it was uh, part of the process. We lost a lot of players last year because of COVID. Uh, so did other teams. So, uh, you know, we're not going to totally disregard where this virus is and uh, the variants that are out there. But I'm not an expert on the virus. I'm just trying to get our football team ready to play, and I'm going to do the best I can to carry out the protocols that the league has and what our medical people advise. And we will do our very best. Well, I think every man, every woman, every person has their own opinion on what they want to do. You know, there's some people that are strongly opposed to getting the vaccination. Uh, there's people that think it's a slam dunk. I should get it right away as soon as I can. And, um, 
you know, I can't speak for everybody. I respect everybody's opinion, and um, I don't want to create any controversies or any distractions. We're uh, going to do everything we can to get our players what they need to help them be successful. Well, you know, he's just got to keep being Darren Waller. You know, he uh, he has done a, an incredible job uh, playing wide receiver, tight end, in the slot. He's come out of the backfield. He's smart. He's versatile. He's a complete player. He can block, pass, protect. Um, you know, I just – I've never been around a guy that's that unselfish, that talented, and that versatile, and that complete. Uh, we got to continue to build around him now. we got to get some of our young receivers um, – take pressure off of him, and we, we've put some more things in our playbook. We're going to be a lot more demanding of Waller going forward. We've got to continue to try to probe some matchups and get him in places where we, we can get him the ball. John, you had a full offseason uh, with, this, with this group. Uh, you feel like you have a pretty good handle on free safety, slot cornerback, and that cornerback uh, spot opposite Trayvon Mullen. And where does David Arnett kind of fit into the whole scheme? Well, we drafted Arnett in the first round. He was an opening day starter, so he's a big part of us moving forward. Uh, he had the virus. He had an injury to his thumb. Uh, he also had concussion injuries. So he was an incomplete performer for us last year. But he's as good a corner as we have talent-wise on this team. We think he and Trayvon Mullen, Casey Hayward, uh, some of the other people that are in the mix now give us depth competition and some some interesting matchups. So uh, I'm, I'm fired up about the secondary. Uh, the safety is completely unsolved. We've got some high draft choices there playing down. Uh, we've got some high draft choice, choices playing deep. And we have a great secondary coach in Ron Milas. So if I'm a Raider fan, I'm coming out here watching practice. I'm going to keep a close eye on this secondary. It should be a strength of ours. If it isn't, uh, we've made some real mistakes. He's one of my uh, most, uh, um, I guess, he might be one of my favorite players. This is his time. You know, if you know anything about Morrow, uh, you have to tell me where he went to college and where exactly that is. He comes from a very obscure background. Uh, if you watched him play college football, he was returning kickoffs. Uh, he was playing all over the place. He comes to the Raiders. He makes it as a rookie. He finds a way to get on the field. And now he's got a chance, I think, to be a captain for us. I think he's got a chance to be a different difference maker for us in the middle of our defense. But um, time will tell. We've got a long way to go, but uh, I really like him. He's had a great spring, and um, I think he's on the rise. I think his time is right now. John, uh, Divine Diablo, uh, can you shed any light on, on that situation? Also, Tanner Muse coming back from his toe injury. Where does he kind of fit? In yeah, Muse can run. Uh, he can really run. He played safety at Clemson. You know, no off-season program. No, I'm not making excuses. It was tough on him, and then he got hurt. So here's another draft choice that is completely an unsolved mystery. But uh, he's healthy. He's ready to go. Richard Smith has been coaching linebackers for the last 30 years in this league. He likes them. Uh, he's going to be a special teams contributor. I know that. Uh, Divine Diablo tweaked his knee. Uh, he had a knee procedure done. We expect to have him back in the next couple weeks. 
But here's another young guy that can really run. He has a, a bright eye, uh, a really alert, I think, understanding of football, and he's got a, a big upside for us. Well, it's it's been fun to watch. No disrespect to Paul, um, but we have a completely group, of, uh, different group of players too. Uh, but Gus is uh, um, he's a high energy coach. Uh, he's upbeat, positive. He's philosophical. He's fun to be around. He makes you laugh, but he also pushes you. And I think what's going to make this defense go is, is is how we rush the passer, how it goes up front. And Yannick is a difference maker. I mean, I feel him. Uh, every time I see him on the grass. And Max is on the rise, I think another young player. Um, really impressed with Kuntz. Uh, Malcolm Kuntz has made an impression. And um, if we can improve up front, uh, I think uh, this defense will be much improved. So when you talk about that uh, safety position kind of being unsolved a little bit, did Tyree Gillespie kind of put himself in that picture a little bit? Yeah, he's, he's, de he's definitely in the picture. Um, he's a big hitter. He's a guy that um, can tackle in space in one-on-one -on -one situations, dominant special teams player, and we don't take that lightly. Uh, but we think he can play in the post, and we think he certainly can play down low around the line of scrimmage. Might even have some dime linebacker capabilities uh, down the road. Yeah, you can tell he has quite a pedigree. You know, coached by Lovey Smith. If you know Lovey, he's a great coach, a great defensive coach for sure. Um, and Nate is very professional for a young man, very poised, a lot of knowledge, and doesn't make the same mistake twice. He has good quickness. Uh, I think he's got pretty good coverage skills, and I think he has the versatility to play inside or out. But right now he's doing a really nice job as the nickel corner. Well, it's been great. You know, certainly uh, we have two huddles going at once. Uh, no one got to see us. But Mariota, who, who really didn't get any offseason, uh, uh, you saw what he could do against the Chargers. He had a chance to put his hands on the offense, get to, get to call different plays and do different things. Henry Ruggs and Edwards uh, getting them an opportunity to, to switch positions and do different things. Getting Foster Moreau back at 100% been very exciting. Uh, having a chance to teach his defense has been huge. And to see new leadership emerge, and more importantly, I think the Raiders have always uh, had some camaraderie on the team, some unity. Uh, I think uh, we've come together and gotten to know each other, actually like each other. Uh, and that's, that's going to help us when adversity hits, and it's going to help us push each other, I think, to another level. Yeah, really everyone's new. You know, we have a new offensive line, a uh, new right tackle. Uh, 